Welcome to the One in the Shoe Bar podcast with Suji and Ed. We're just a couple of Asian Americans talking shit about shit, but today we're actually three Asian Americans talking shit about shit. We are so, so lucky today to have our special, special guest, Guy Tang. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I feel very special today. You are very yeah. special. You're our first actual in-person guest. First actual guest That's and hair extraordinaire and TV star. Yes, oh. you might know Guy from his social media. You might know him from YouTube. He has a line of hair care products. He's he an is a singer. singer. Yeah. And you might most notably know him from Bling Empire. Like Guy. First of all, thank you so much for taking the time to come see us because you sound really fucking busy. <laughs> yeah. so we, it's a lot going on. There, right, right, like, that was a like, lot of hyphenates. I know. Like when you like put it all out there, you're like, oh, I really do do a lot of yeah. stuff. It's important to you know evolve and do different things because sure. they feed on each other. Yeah. You know? I agree. So. I agree. I think for us, you know, we want to get to know you like the person, not just the personality guy tank. Because yeah. in getting to know you in just this short amount of time, I will tell you, I am so fascinated by you. I am so like, I feel so like honored to even know you. I think you are such an interesting human being. So I, I mean, you. I'm not gonna, you know, keep blowing all this sunshine up your butt, but yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> I really you don't do need feel to. There's way. probably enough there. <laughs> that doesn't seem appropriate. But for those of you that don't know, last week, uh, before we had the episode, we went out and uh, ate with Guy. Yeah. And, you know, just like normal Asians, we bonded over nominals. trauma. Oh yeah, and, and trauma, noodles. nom noms and trauma. Yeah, noodles and trauma, it usually goes hand in hand. You can't have one without the other when you're with a bunch of yeah. Asian people. Yeah. So we went and we had dinner and then we went and had bingsu, which is something I've never had before, which is ironic. Or shabu shabu. I know, well, I've had shabu, just not at a restaurant. Yeah. I know, it's really weird. I, I, I have feelings about that, but Guy introduced me to a whole new world of things. And a whole new world. Yes, <laughs> you did. Um, but Guy, I think a lot of us know you, um, or those of us who know you, know you as your social media or your television personality. But yeah. in talking to you, I was like, you've got a lot of layers. Like you have a lot of different, um, I don't know, attributes and personality traits that like I was really surprised to, to find out. Like. I guess being on a show like Bling Empire, people will have these preconceived notions of who you are. Um, Cause I think the show is just kind of geared towards a specific yeah. demographic and ideology. Um, but I want, I want to know a little bit more about Guy before Bling. Yeah. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about like yeah, your, you, you know, how you came up? You grew up in Oklahoma, right? Of course. I mean, we did film a lot of that stuff on the show, but unfortunately it all got edited out and cut mm -hmm. out. But. You know, I wish it was there, but it wasn't. Yeah. But that's okay. Everything's meant to be. Yeah. So I'm glad I get to be on your show Thank and you. your podcast and talk about these things. Yeah. But definitely being from Oklahoma, uh, born in 1981, mm -hmm. before there was social media. Sure. 80s baby. Yeah. <laughs> there was no, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, none of that. No well, there Twitter. was a TikTok. It was just like our grandfather clocked. clocked. <laughs> <laughs> they TikToked, TikTok'd but not like we TikTok. Yeah. So it's pretty much what the media feeds us. Yeah. Right? Were like you born here? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. In Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. And your parents are immigrants? Yes. From? My mom is a Vietnamese, my dad's Chinese. Okay, so, yeah. so you grew up in a, I guess I wouldn't say biracial, but multicultural household. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's bi-ethnicity. Bi-ethnic household? Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Is that a term? It yeah, is now. Is that a term? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, but there, there is you know a lot that goes into that too, because sure. there are two different cultures. Yeah. And so there are like, you know, hierarchical situations that occur growing up, mm -hmm. you know? And so being the only few Asian people growing up in the 80s and 90s, you don't see much. In Oklahoma, in no Oklahoma. less. 
And back then there was no representation. I mm -hmm. mean, it was like, you'll see Jackie Chan, but you know, something that's very, where people will try to tease us and make fun of us. Right. And they would always do the eye gesture. You know, you know um, what I'm talking oh, about. I'm, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm the, familiar. Yeah, the martial Chinese arts, Japanese, the yeah. martial arts thing's always like, weird, like confused me because it's like, you're making fun of me for being able to kick, kick your, your ass. ass. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Literally. You know what I mean? But there's so much bullying. There and is. of course. And they, they'll make fun of my parents' accent when my parents pick me up and they would just, a, a group of them would just gang up and beat me up. Oh my God. That's you know, so painful, throughout. guy. I'm so sorry. I hate that so yeah. much. That's like one of the things I stand and like, am so like loud about because I think people really don't understand how difficult it is being not just singled out, but continually, you know, picked on in that way. It's It had to have been so hard for you. Well, and that's why what you do on TikTok is so impactful for people who don't have voices. So Thank when you. I saw you guys, I was like, I wish I had you when I was growing up, you know? So to we, speak up on these we matters. We do hear that a lot. And that's something yeah. I'm actually really proud of. So yeah. thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. And, and I think part of it for me and Ed is so that we can do that, not just for little versions of you, but for little versions of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, or like, that's how I see it. Like me telling young Sujia at like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, like, I know how painful this is. I know it fucking sucks, but you know, that's, that's why we do it. Yeah, I mean, but the same goes for both ways, you know what I mean? It would have yeah. been great to have someone like you growing yes. up as well, someone who's very clearly comfortable in their skin. Yeah. You know who you are and yeah. you're unapologetic, now. yes. Back then, I might not have. I I was confused with my sexual identity. I was confused with my racial identity, yeah. everything. Just because you never saw yourself on screen, you never see yourself in magazines, um, anything. And we're not seen as sexy, especially right. as Asian guys growing up. Right. And well, we, Always you are gay. an openly gay man. Openly you are married. Gay. I'm openly gay. You're an Asian man. Asian, yes. You're openly Asian. <laughs> yeah, I'm openly Asian. <laughs> Can we be closeted Asian? I don't Some think people, so, but are they in try. Yeah. They try. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and so I guess both of those marginalized identities growing up for you must have been a whirlwind of, yeah. of trying to kind of because even just Ed and I as like cisgendered people have had a really hard time identifying like who we are and what our place is in the world. I can only imagine being that yeah. intersection for you must have been challenging. I, I actually got expelled from high school and never graduated. Really? <laughs> and, what for? Well, the reason why was because at the time I had, um, I had my friend take nude photos of me because I want to feel sexy as an Asian man oh. and I want to see myself on the photo. So I had her take photos of me and we were, you know, just, I had an album of me and I said, oh my God, I feel so good. I feel sexy, I feel alive. And I wanted to hide it from my parents, you know, because they were cleaning my room. So I remember I brought that album, I took it to school to hide it from my parents. Oh. Yeah, and then the, they found it in my locker. It was so embarrassing because it was like, you feel exposed and so vulnerable. Literally and figuratively, Literally. yeah. Yeah, and the principal was looking through my album and it was so, <laughs> they called my dad to come pick me up and look at these photos and they say, so what are you doing here? What does it look like I'm doing? Right. I'm, I'm pouring chocolate syrup on my <laughs> naked body to feel sexy. And, and, and for me, that's so important because, yeah. you know, like when we opened up those men magazines when I was a kid, you know, we go to, was it Walden Books or yeah. you know, those bookstores? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these bookstores, they all have like these men magazines that people thought like were hot. GQ, men's they health. were every race, but yeah. Asian. Yeah. It was, you see Latino, black, white, everything but Asian. I go, but I want to feel sexy too. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, when you're going through puberty, sure, you're trying to discover your, 
you know, your sexuality, you're trying to discover your identity and be confident, but how can you when you don't see that reflection of yourself? Mm -hmm. You feel invisible. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of being invisible makes you feel like you don't exist. Worthless. And worthless. And it doesn't give you confidence to be able to go out there and navigate and, mm -hmm. and you know, do like, for example, uh, do a presentation in the classroom because it's like, they're all looking at me, they think I'm weird, mm -hmm. they're making fun of me. I used to be that yeah. person that can never give a presentation. So I then mean, you chose to be the representation you needed for yourself yeah. and you mm -hmm. did it on your own. And that, you know, through my music videos, through um, being a, on YouTube, all those things, I like, you know what, if, I, if I'm gonna be sexy, it's because I want to feel confident about myself. That is myself. such a great message, Guy. Like yeah. you just take ownership of, of your own self and sexuality. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. It took a long time. I bet. Because the I thing bet. a lot of people don't realize <laughs> is that like we talk about our sexuality and our body, but it like seeps into every part of our lives, like our mm -hmm. confidence. And like you said, even when you're giving like a speech in school, like the way people look at you, all mm -hmm. of a sudden you start being like, what are they looking? Oh, because like I'm weird. Or like you said, like I'm an oddball or something about me is different. Right. Rejection hurts. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes when people reject you, you reject yourself. Yes. And that's the worst part. And you start to become bitter and angry. And that's why you see so many angry people in this yes. world is because when they don't feel good about themselves, they blame everyone. Sure. But sometimes you could take matters into your own hands and take control of that. Yes. Let that pain be your power and let you know, you you harness it and you turn it into purpose. Right. And that's what I do. I think I'm gonna get let your pain be your power tattooed on my body. So I'm pretty- <laughs> like the third tattoo idea you've I had know, on this watch. show. By the end of this year, I'm just gonna be covered. <laughs> yeah, well that's why I have a, a song named Power and Pain. I oh, wrote a really? song and a whole album based oh. off of it. Yeah, yeah you're stream it, Spotify. Yeah. Your songs <laughs> are like very, yeah, your yes. songs are really deep. When you listen to your songs, it's very clear that you have a very, like concise, concise message and that and you can like feel the pain but like you can also feel like the struggle and you're overcoming that pain mm -hmm. and like your messages your songs are like very filled with a lot of positive hope and they're hot yeah. you look so hot in yeah. your videos and you, you just like own every second of it like from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes like like literally you are so clearly being yourself and i think that's so empowering to see it's like oh my god like you have literally like completely put every part of yourself out there in those videos and it's so obvious that like you are in full control of that and yeah. that is so Very fucking empowering. badass a lot of people yeah. don't realize that because when they see me on youtube i'm always happy talking about hair but they don't realize the message behind everything i talk about i mm -hmm. i embed them into my youtube videos and i embed them in each collection i launch in my brand like i name my collection you know naked or mm -hmm. shadows and uh, superpowers like a lot of these collections have a, a two me double meaning a dual right, meaning to right. them so it's about like you know being vulnerable and you know stepping into the light and that's why shadows exist right. and using that mm -hmm. power from within to 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 be the hero within yourself and to 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 realize that you are your own hero right you know while also giving glimpses into who you are right yeah right yeah yeah some people don't get it they're like i'm so confused about what he's doing i said like they're probably the same people that think that like your even your hair videos are just hair videos right. but if you really pay attention to your hair videos there's a lot of conversation that happens in those yeah. videos we talk about everything from you know discrimination racism homophobia um fetishization we talk about we embed it, it into the message with my clients or my models because it because when we are you know as a stylist when you are behind a chair 
you're not only doing their hair. It's sure. not just about, oh, here's the formula and here's the technique, but it's also about the conversation. The connection. The connection, I mean, especially if that client's in your chair for six hours getting you know, a color correction. Right. right. You're gonna sit there and talk about like, oh, what, what is it that you do? Why right. do you wanna be platinum blonde? You right. know, uh, what's the maintenance? And you know, because a lot of times your clients will tell you they want to feel like a new person because they just got through a divorce or the boyfriend broke up with them, or they're trying to find self-confidence, yeah. or maybe they, they, you know, are looking inwards and want to project. Re reinvent themselves mm -hmm. or emerge as yeah. somebody different or with a newfound sense of confidence or sometimes opposite. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like you, you yeah. never really know. Yeah, and there's so much stereotypes <laughs> tied to hair. Yeah. Like, you know, like long hair, short hair, why I need extensions, why I want to be blonde, redheads, curly hair, straight, so many. And people come and say, I need my hair short because I need to be taken seriously. I need to be blonde because, mm. you know, wow. they, they think guys will like them more. They have long hair, you know, oh, things like wow. that. There's a lot of trauma just tied to beauty, huh? Yeah. I didn't even think of that. So many layers. And yeah. that's why being a hairstylist, you know, I get to see the vulnerability of all my clients. Why having long hair is so important. Why having short hair and also identity. Right. Like for me, having long hair as a man, there's stereotypes like, oh, you need to look like a real man or whatever. And I got so much hate when I grew my hair out because they say I need to look like a man. I say, what's that supposed to mean? Yeah. You know, and and I've always, you know, fight against those stereotypes because beauty is is in how you carry yourself. Yes. You know, well, also like not to like like but like certain like barbarians or like Nordic, like, you know, like Vikings and stuff, they all had long hair. That's mm. pretty fucking masculine It wasn't that me. long ago that literally people were sexualizing man buns. Yeah, mm. also you know has I mean? anyone seen Jason Momoa? Like that, that's, he's a man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there could be a lot of like misogyny underlying. Yes, of course. These, like, you know, like you gotta be a man's man, you gotta have like a beard and like, you know, buzz cut, you gotta be a dude, you gotta be a bro, you know, there's like this whole, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? For I'm sure. Like, <laughs> well, I think that was the thing that really struck me. And like, I'm gonna just be open and honest with you. I didn't know really much about you. I just knew the few things that I heard about you. I saw a couple videos. I watched a couple episodes of Bling and I was just like, okay, like let me, I, I don't really know what to expect. Um, and then we sat down for dinner and I was like, this man has so much depth. And I call myself out for being like, you were a really fucking judgmental bitch. Like judgy. you were really judgy and I was, I'm gonna be totally honest. Cause like, I think to a certain extent, that's kind of what the show wanted to portray you as. And that's kind of what they gave us. Yeah. And for you, that must've been like really stifling and frustrating. I can only imagine. I mean, it sounds more serious than you're saying it, but the way it came off to me was that Susie was just more like, I didn't know what to expect. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I was like, I have no idea. I, I mean, this this is the, the, the small things that I've gotten. I was like, I don't, okay, we'll just see what happens. Like I threw a penis pup out the window. Is what you saw? Kind yeah. of. Yeah. I was like, but that I was, like, was iconic. Was. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the most memorable scene from the whole show. To like, so. not even just for your Overall, story, like for everybody. At, yeah, that was the funniest thing. The uh, drama I, I that ensued with Anna, <laughs> yeah. Also, Anna, if you're watching this, hi. Hi, I, I love be you. With you. <laughs> yeah, I'm. She's very intimidating. She you know? looks it, but I kind of want to, like, I don't know, be intimidated by her. She <laughs> has, she has like a, yeah, I know what you mean. Right. She has like a mob boss aura. Yes. You know what I mean? She mm -hmm. just like commands fear but, like, it's and attention. So quiet, and it's yeah. so puts you in your place. Direct, mm -hmm. but I like that. It's not like overt. She doesn't like try to like 
overpower you. No. She does it with this like restraint that I find terrifying. Well, it's like actually, it's not fake. <laughs> no, hers is like from <clears throat> decades of some sort of like mm -hmm. experience. For sure, and, for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, something that really struck me when we were talking over dinner is kind of the perception because Ed is a straight cis man. I am a straight cis woman, and we both, as like in our dating lives and our married lives and stuff have navigated those things so differently because we are perceived so differently by society. And then you, the perspective that you gave me as a gay man and a gay Asian man, I was like, you you were talking about that. And I was like, yeah. it never really occurred to me the things that you have to navigate. So can, do you wanna talk a little bit about yeah. that to me? Cause I was like, tell me more, <laughs> this well, is crazy. Well, being in a relationship with a woman first, cause I used to be with a woman till I was 20, seven. Oh, okay. So I came out the closet like around 28. Okay. How long were you together? We, I was with my girlfriend for, um, the one that was a long time was 11 years. Oh, since wow. high school. Yeah. Wow, she, wow. Okay. we were engaged. Cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, it was hard defining sexuality because there is love and then there's sexual attraction. Mm. You know, sometimes you are emotionally attracted to people. Mm -hmm. And so I can be emotionally attracted to my girlfriend and I couldn't tell the difference between love attraction versus a sexual attraction. So I was kind of denying that I was gay. I said, well, maybe I'm bi, maybe, mm. you know, maybe I just have an open mind, you know, I don't know. So I, I love her so much and I still do. Oh, good. So that's why it's like, it was hard to let her go, but I realized you know, she needs to live her dreams, live her life. She wants to have a family, have kids. And I was being un, inauthentic to myself and I was hurting her along the mm -hmm. ways. So the hardest part for me was telling her, you know, I don't love you anymore because it's the only way she will let me go. Oh. She would not let me go. She said, I'll never let you go. And I was like, cause I know you love me. And I was like, I have to tell her this only because sometimes you have to, you know, say hurtful things so they would let you go. So they to can release be free, them to release them. I cried for years, Aww, for years. Wow. And I wrote many songs about I her. I bet, oh my right? Many songs. Heartbreak <laughs> yeah. is often the best yeah. <laughs> for and, creating art. And so being in a relationship with a woman for a long time as, you know, a straight Asian man in my early years, I get to experience what it's like to be with a woman. I've realized a lot of guys would disrespect me. They will walk up to her at the mall, hit on her. Like they'll just like, oh yeah, you have a nice ass. Oh, hey you know, hey, they're shorty. Like they'll just hit on her. I feel so disrespected. It's because they don't respect me as a man. Yeah. I feel like they don't see me as a threat or see me as a concern. Like, like oh. it's weird to go out of your way to be like, I see you below me. Yeah, right. it's almost like they see me as her brother or, or a friend, but they don't even see me as a man. And I, I remember going home, go like, what the hell was that? Mm -hmm. You know, because obviously, I mean, she's beautiful and obviously everybody, you know, was she Asian? Uh, she's Asian. So there yeah. was probably some fetishizing in there too. Yeah. yeah. So, this so was still in Oklahoma, right? Yeah. So I got to experience like how men fetishize Asian women yeah. and how they kind of aren't threatened by Asian men and yeah. they look down on us as men. And I was like, I don't like that feeling. I was really disturbed because it's the mere fact that they don't respect me. Yeah. But then I'll talk to my other guy friends, you know, who had girlfriends and they were like, you know, white or black or Hispanic, you know, Latino. And they didn't really have that problem when they're walking the malls with their girlfriends. It's, right. it's only me. Yeah. And I was like, and, and mind you, when I was trying to be straight, I had like, you know, like all the buzz cut and I had like, <laughs> you know, baggy pants. I was trying to do the most because yeah. I was trying to cover up. Yeah. But at the same time, and I even presented myself 
you know, differently. Because when you're in the closet, you kind of overcompensate. You overcompensate, <laughs> so you kind of present yourself like I was walking like this. Oh, I can't even <laughs> and imagine. I was like I was, it was like torture. You know, like you were playing a character. Yeah, mm -hmm. you weren't doing hair yet, though. Were you? Um, um, you were. I, I wasn't until twenty two. Okay. About, yeah, when I was about twenty two, but yeah, it it. It was so traumatizing. I remember I tried to do everything to be extra yeah. muscular. I worked out every day, seven mm. days a week. I was, you know, protein. I did everything. Drinking Budweiser's and fixing your truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because like I, I want to prove myself. Right. And you want to fit in. Yeah. You don't want to get those horrible words said to you anymore. And, like, and most importantly, the respect. Being disrespected you know? yes. to your fucking face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, and so, of course, coming out was a whole nother story, too, mm -hmm. because in the gay world, there's a whole nother stereotype about Asian men. You know, they think we're submissive. They mm -hmm. think that we're bottoms. They think yeah. that we, um, you, you know, would we'll just obey them in, in so many ways. And at the same time, you, you know, it, it's usually older guys that are not a person of color that likes Asian guys. And so there's that fetishization of Asian guys. Oh, but yeah. at the same time. They love to colonize. They yeah. sure do. But at the same time, when you're trying to be in a relationship with someone that maybe you're attracted to, a lot of times there's that rejection. Like, you know, if you go on Grindr or any of these apps. No you, Asians. Yeah, no Asian. There's like, no this, no that, no Asians. And that, it's so strange because shouldn't you advertise what you want? It's so dehumanizing, like Jesus Christ. Yeah, and at that point, it's not it's not a type. You know what I mean? When right. you have a type, it means that like you're normally attracted to these things, but the subjective word there is normally. Right. You're still open to <laughs> yeah. everyone else. How about, you know, in your bio, whatever, description, leave, what, leave a comment about what you like. Prefer, not what you yeah, don't like. Yeah, like, right. you know, guys who are five nine or who's into fitness you know something like that right but no they're saying no asians Jeez. to me i compare it to like can you imagine opening up a salon no perms no men's right, cuts right no highlights <laughs> no reds i mean could you imagine doing that no you're gonna you just do buzz cuts that's it you right. want to advertise what you do do right, right? not what you don't do and right. so there's a lot of discrimination yeah. in the community and and that there's so much work that need to be done. So in the beginning, when I first came out, you know, I was go-go dancing at nightclubs. I was um, very, you know, recognized for, you know, being always sexy poster boy of nightclubs in West Hollywood. I would do meet and greets because I was always shirtless and Good in my you. underwear because <laughs> I wanted you. to show the world that Asian men can be sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and but it, you still have to toe that line though, right? Because you have the male sexuality aspect of it, but then you you have that fine line of like, how far do I go until it starts to be fetishization, right? Yeah. right? So that's a very fine line that you have to kind of straddle mm -hmm. between because <clears throat> in you talking about it, you know, I know that Asian men are emasculated and continually not seen as like, you know, sexual, you know, sexy. And then as an Asian woman, I know the burden of the fetishization and feeling like lesser than a human because I, you know, I'm supposed to be this submissive, docile, you know, walk 10 feet behind you, whatever. And then and then simultaneously just this like sexual being only for sex, you know, like, it, you know, so there's all that. You have all of those things coming at you at once. So in order to reclaim your sexuality, but do so in a way that doesn't turn the table on you so fast that you are now over sexualized and then becoming a fetish, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's gotta be a really it's hard line to, to, to draw. It's very difficult because in, you know, 
our world as gay men, there's like a bottom and a top. Yeah. You know, the relationship. So there's that stereotype. Is there that, never a switch off? I'm just asking. Like, well, isn't there? Like I generally <laughs> top, but okay. I could be I could be versatile. Okay. But, but but there's a stereotype where they think that we're all bottoms. They think we're all submissive right. because it kind of aligns with the stereotypes how they perceive or see Asian women. They right. put Asian men in that. Yeah. And sometimes you know, there's I've I've met so many uh, fellow Asian guys who it's like, well, if you can't beat them, join them or just go along with it. They th I that see mentality. That all the time. It's like why fight it? You know, it is what it is. And and I said, no, you have to, you know, defy these stereotypes, defy it, you know, do something about it. But sometimes it's like some people just want to be loved so bad. Yeah. They want to be wanted so bad that they don't care how they're wanted for. Right. And that could be very damaging to our community. And that's why I do what I do with my music. Um, I usually cast a, an Asian lover uh, for for, you know, because Asian sometimes we reject ourselves sure. in the gay community. So a lot of times you'll see Asian guys saying they don't date Asians. Mm -hmm. They want anybody but. And I was like, for me, it was so different because I grew up in Oklahoma where I don't see Asian men that much. So, you know, I wanted to fall in love with an Asian man because it is a reflection of me falling in love with myself mm. because I didn't love myself growing up. I wanted to be everything that I wasn't when I was a kid because I didn't see m myself through that. And right. that's why I was like, re that's why you know representation is so important and a lot of people dismiss that oh you know you don't need representation you can relate to the little mermaid or you can relate to this character or the prince or the barbie or whatever no if you if when you are five years old right. or eight years old you don't know how to vocalize it sure yeah but it does affect you it, it messes you up it's, it's embedded in your head like a microchip right and you don't even know it until you're older and then you start to find out like oh well this is my preference and this is what I like and this is right. what I gravitate to is because it's already ingrained right through right. the representation like, are you not seeing the direct line yeah. between those two mm -hmm. things like and it's honestly, very obvious if you're represented on the screen like you don't have a say in this conversation right and it's always people who are like why do you care so much why is that such a big deal it's like this is coming from you right somebody who's seen themselves in every show in yeah. every movie in every music video in every single fucking thing in media is now telling me that it's yeah. not important in fact you're How the fuck would you in fact, you're so overrepresented that there's literally someone that looks like you, whether you're good looking or ugly right. or somewhere in between, like you, you can, can relate, relate somewhere. Well, and this kind of goes to that topic because a lot of people think like, well, Asians are represented. They're in movies in Korea. They're in movies in China. They're like, in movies. I say right. that's not the same. I'm here. I don't yeah. live there. We're Asian Americans right. and people don't know the difference between Asian Americans versus, you know, an Asian who is from Asia. Right. They just kind of put us all together in a box. And they said, well, just watch a movie in Asia. I was like, no, no, because that's not my lived experience. Right. And honestly, you know? though, so for me, it's not just the representation for me to see myself. It's for other people to see me, too. Right. Because the, the limited amount of representation that we do get has formed this really weird, like stereotype of what Asian women are or what Asian men are or what gay Asian mm -hmm. men are or whatever. And it's like such a narrow view that it's like, and then when I don't fulfill that ideal for that person, that I am now the outlier. It's like, no, the stereotype is the outlier. You're just getting a tiny bit of what a whole human is. And yeah. now you've you've assigned all of those attributes to me. That's the yeah. problem. That's the problem, not me, you yeah, thinking fact, that it's me. In fact, listening to you talk about how when you were dating a girl and those guys would say something to you, like that used to happen to me a lot back in Philadelphia. Yeah. Like whenever I, I would leave, that. yeah, whenever I would leave the bar, like with my ex-girlfriend who was white and she was blonde at the time, like a lot of guys, and they were all white. They always felt emboldened to like 
talk shit to me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. saying weird things like, oh, that guy or like, oh, why don't why don't you what are you guys going to go back and do math with him? And I was like, that's <laughs> that's the best you have. But like, yeah, the here, sexiest math yeah. ever. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. If you want to talk about one plus one, he goes a lot of other stuff. Then yes. But listening to you say it, though, it seems like it almost sounds like the same way that Asian women are treated. Like that yeah. submissive thing. So like th when they feel like they can talk shit to us, it seems like because they're like, oh, this Asian guy is going to just be like the yeah. Asian woman. They're going to be submissive. Yeah. And they're not going to do anything. And I could just like kick them while they're down. It's a thing. They talk to you like you're a kid. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm like, I'm they sound like a kid. Right. I I'm 41 years old. And they it's just that lack of respect. And they treat you like a child. Just because I know how to have fun and I'm silly doesn't mean and I'm... Because we look like we're still teenagers. Doesn't make me a fucking yeah. clown. Yeah. 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 You know, we may present a youthful appearance, but I am an adult. I am a man. Yes. And it took me all the way up till I'm in my 30s before I could say the word man to identify myself. Because growing up, I wasn't treated like a man. Mm. I didn't even know how to say the word man. Like for me right now saying I am a man back then I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm that guy. Oh, yeah. I'm a guy. It's because you're afraid to take ownership of that word. Right. It's or it's like, it's that too masculine for me Dang. to assign to myself. Cause I have not been allowed or given treated that permission that way. to you're, you're feel that You're not treated like yeah. a man. And, and it's hard because, you know, we talk a lot about misogyny and all these things, but we don't realize what it feels like to be emasculated. Mm. It's, it's when you feel paralyzed, right. crippled to where you can't, you know, be yourself and you can't navigate society and have the same respect even if you're the smartest kid if you are are you know and um a doctor or whatever it's like they they'll come to you as a service provider but do they really respect you right you know right. and, that, and that's the thing they it's like we're always seen as a service provider all the time as asians so funny we talked about that once yeah too. actually there was a study that was done with a um it was like a survey and they said that the majority of americans trust asians to be their literally doctors Nurse. but they don't trust us to be their in-laws mm -hmm. so they don't want us to be married into them they don't trust us to ever be the president or there was like a lot of Lawyers. other lawyers like, yeah <clears throat> they were in power Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of those things where it's like, hey, we're okay with you being our doctors because like you we've seen doctors being Asian on TV. You know what I mean? Well, I Shout think out to Christina Yang. But but <laughs> other than that, because that's the only representation of Asians that they saw, yeah. everything else is still like, even in fictional worlds where we've had black women presidents, like I don't remember ever seeing an Asian president even in fictional land yeah. you know what i mean right. so it's like we just get vilified we do you know i think put a into lot these of boxes. that too is if you look at the dynamic of like you can be my doctor because you are still taking care of me you right. are giving me what i need versus the lawyer where you have to steer the ship and i have to listen to what you're telling me and advising me to do the the yep. it's the power dynamic and trusting that you know right. more enough right. than i do to get me out of trouble i'm in your care you will take care of me you will you know i don't know wipe my shit whatever the doctor has to do right. based on what they need what their needs are versus the lawyers like i'm not a lawyer i don't know anything about the law i'm deferring to your knowledge right. to help me like it's a very different dynamic and i yeah. think that's really interesting because we are always seen in this like submissive mm -hmm. position of like we are looking up to you to do what we need to do versus you know us looking down to you to tell you yeah. what you need to do you know it's very different you know my husband's filipino and he works in a hospital and one of the things he said that was very interesting was like all of that you know 
racism that happened to us after the pandemic situation. Mm. Everyone, you know, they call it the quote unquote China virus. And all of a sudden there's all, you know. Shout uh, out to Donald Trump. How's your indictment going? <laughs> when, when people were in the hospital, who was taking care of them? Right. Their, their nurses were Filipino, of course. Uh, Chinese, Korean, <clears throat> their, their Asian nurses and, and doctors taking care of them. But yet they were being racist towards Asians. And there was all these Asian hate crimes. And that's something I can relate to growing up because I was in a, a hate crime situation. You know, when I was 16, on my 16th birthday, I had a gun held to my head because I was Asian. Because at that time, the, the girlfriend I had at the time when I was 15, turning 16 on my birthday, she was a white girl and mm. her cousin had an issue with me being Asian, brought a gun over what? and tried to, yeah. Jesus Christ. And I will tell you, it took me, you know, more decades to recover from that trauma. I would be, I would totally understand if you hadn't recovered. You know what I mean? Oh like that's God. a fucking traumatizing thing to go through. It, it, it I've, I saw so much blood. Uh, it was all over my house, my driveway, in my kitchen. People got hurt um, when it was. Wait, in the, sorry, wait, back up. Blood? Who got shot? Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, they didn't shoot me. What happened was okay. Th this story is pretty intense. Okay, so my brother connect, collect ninja swords. I know. Don't judge. <laughs> older, or younger. He's older. So we put them on the fireplace. They're decoration, okay? And I know this may sound stereotypical, or whatever. But some of the friends that I invited to my house at the time. Because most of my friends growing up were all mainly, you know, a couple white friends and yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah. And then I finally found a couple Asian friends and I go, I want to fit in so bad. So I go, oh, my 16th birthday is coming up. I'll invite, you know, these three Asian friends I just met just because I want to belong. I have a crowd that looks like me. Yeah. So they came over. I remember they called me whitewash. They made fun of me. And I didn't fit in On with the Asian birthday? <laughs> I know. They just like, you're so white. I was like, oh, okay. I, uh, because I wasn't Asian enough. I was so confused. I, I had like an identity crisis. I just wanted to belong somewhere at that age, oh. right? So when they said, you know, this party is dull, they want to invite more people. So they invite more Asian friends. I was like, sure, more Asians, you know, we're all Asians. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and so, and then they were older. Some of them were 21, 22, oh, some of them yeah. was 19. So being 15, just turning 16, I was like, whoa, who are these yeah, older people? Cool. I feel so cool, yeah. right? As a mother, I'm like, this is trouble. <laughs> yeah. This is trouble. Get out of the my, house, my, my, everyone. My parents left the house for me because they trust me. So they just left and just yeah. leave me with the house. They're like, if anything happens, you guys have some swords. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so the girlfriend called and it was so weird. She said, why wasn't I invited? And because at the time, I just want to be amongst people that yeah. look like me, you know, in my race, because I want to belong. So, of course, I didn't invite her at the time because I just, you know, it is what it is for kids. Then out of nowhere, she starts saying ching chong, ching chong. And Your starts girlfriend? Yes. It doesn't make any sense. And then I remember it's one always of the default, one of the Asian girls at the party got on the phone. And then she started saying, you know, get your ass over here and I'll kick your ass or something. Oh, and she, she like heard her say the ching chong stuff. Yeah, she was pissed. And I said, uh, well, uh hang up. <laughs> so I said, hang up. And then they kept calling and threatening. Oh, and then God. she knows where I live. So then oh, she nice. came over and then, um, no, she, not, she didn't come over. Her cousin came over. Her cousin's the one that's really racist. He came over, you know. He was just a, waiting for an excuse. Yeah, had a baseball bat, a bunch of weapons, like hammer. I mean, you name it. Jesus Christ. And the problem was they were looking for me right guy and they couldn't tell me apart because there's other asian guys there oh my god that's so i mean by, by that point we have maybe like, the one time it's okay that it's racist to oh just be god. like yep that's well, not me not unless someone else gets hurt <laughs> that's true. there, there was point. about 18 of us there by that point and so 
you know, they, they were outnumbered because there's about four of them. Um, and then they kept coming back. They, they were in a pickup truck, right? No uh, surprise there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's Oklahoma. <laughs> so they jumped in the back so. of the tr truck and drove off. But then they kept threatening us, calling and threatening us. and won't leave us alone. Eventually, uh, they came back around. This time they came with a gun. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so they were, they couldn't, again, they couldn't tell us apart. So they were holding the gun up to any one of us. And we're like, oh my God, close the door, close the door. You know, I just remember uh, saying, close the door. We're trying to get in. There's a gun pointing at me and I, all of us just like moving around. And I remember one of the guys grabbed the first weapon he saw, which was the fireplace by the door. He just grabbed that sword and went out there and started swinging it. And it cut the guy's arms nearly off. Oh. Wait, the guy holding it or the guy with the gun? Uh, the, the guy, the uh, one of the Asian guys at the party was swinging the sword and to protect me and to protect our friend that was having the gun held to us. So the guy, uh, the cousin of my girlfriend, had his arms cut right here. And it wasn't sharp, it was a decoration sword. It, it, it almost cut his arms off. It took about five second delay before you see blood spraying. Oh my and God. I was like, oh my gosh. And just seeing that was so traumatizing. And then one of the guys next to us, which was one of our friends, he, he was close because he was confronting the guy, right? He's Asian too, he got his wrist cut. And so this is where the blood was all over the place. It was all over my house, all over the kitchen floor. It was a puddle. And I remember calling 911. I was the one on the phone calling 911. All the girls at my party was on the floor crying. We saw our friend on the floor turning really pale purple. Oh my gosh. And by, I mean, we thought he was going to die, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I bet. And here is my birthday cake with blood all over it. Oh. Jesus all Christ. It, and I remember the ambulance came and uh, they searched our house. You know, we got that caution tape around the house. Then we had the, um, we were at the police station the whole, all night long, all the way till the sunrise to the next day till like 9 a.m. in the morning. And they kept questioning us like multiple times. They were recording it, you know, to make sure the story was, you know, consistent. consistent. But when, when they printed the article out in the newspaper at that time, they vilify us. They made us look like we were the one with these ninja swords attacking them. And I was like, no, they came over this to my, my house. house they with came a gun. With a gun <laughs> and try to kill us. And but the the narrative was flipped you and twisted. Crazy Who even foreigners with That's your crazy. ninja tools. Yeah. This is like a bad Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah, literally. Uh, uh, honestly, the, the blood part was traumatizing because I was left, my family was my mom came home. We were left to clean that up. Um, oh my god so we oh i was traumatized my whole life so i'm traumatized from the story i would have like passed that, out I, yeah yeah honestly uh it was scared to live in oklahoma yeah um because i always feel like i could get killed yeah oh my gosh and, and then you lived there for like another 11 years before you moved uh, well i i i lied to all my friends that i moved to california because i could not let them come back to you know, at the time we didn't have social media, right? Mm -hmm. It's in the 90s. So when I told my friends I left, then the rumors spread around that he moved, he left, he's in California, so I'm no longer here. Mm -hmm. Because I have to protect myself, you know? And so I moved to a different district because I can no longer go to that school. Uh, and, and so honestly, you know, being expelled from school, all that trauma that happened to me, that's what gives me so much purpose in what I do. I have a, a mission of telling a story, uh, sharing my life story and, and making music. Uh, through my arts, I want yeah. to empower people because I experienced firsthand, 
you know, Asian hate crime, racism before, you know, even before the pandemic, because a lot of people think it just started now. Right. Before the, the hate, hashtags, it yeah, did exist. The hate yeah. was always there, but it's because we have always been silenced. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to find these, you know, these Stories. crimes because they silence our voices. Yeah. They cover it up. Right. And even when we're not silenced and the story gets out, we are somehow are the villain. Yeah. Right? It's yep. somehow of our own design that we've created this, because this mess. We, we get gaslighted all the time. We get dismissed. We get minimized all the time because everyone thinks, oh, you're white adjacent or you're privileged or you aren't, you don't know what it's like to face these racism. I was right. like, but I do. I, right. he called me every word you could think of, gook, chink, everything. And then on top of that, to, to, to go through that and then trying to discover your sexuality later oh on God. in life. Yeah. You're like, okay, you know, here I'm experiencing racism, then I'm experiencing homophobia. It was a lot. Yeah, it's still yeah. a lot. It is right? a lot. It continues I mean, you to almost be a lot. died just being Asian. I right. would have been like, why would I ever come out of the closet? You know what I mean? Like, that's a double. And all I want was equal <clears throat> opportunity. All I want was to be, to feel good about myself and to feel desired like everyone else. But no, I get put in this situation where it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to be someone you're not to, to in the, in the big way, not just like, oh, you're changing your haircut. No, right, it's right, right. It's, it's my whole identity. It's, it's something I can't change. Right. I cannot stop being Asian. Right. And it's so important to, you know, be proud of yourself because when you're proud of yourself, you know, it, it is infectious. You spread it to your, your children. Mm -hmm. You navigate society with confidence. And if, if we don't have that, then how do we go about every single day? That's why you see so many people, you know, within our community that are confused, upset, hating, and and hating on one another. Mm -hmm. You see it all the time. Oh, I get it all the time. Yeah. And, and that's why it's like, you know, I what I do is I always take a step back. I acknowledge the situation, figure out where this is coming from because hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And then figure out where the hurt is from and try to source it, the origin of it, and have a conversation about it right. and, 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 and situate and try to, because it's, there's so much going on from, from both, you know, Asian women, Asian men, there's so much that needs to be discussed and right. have a conversation about. Let me ask you this guy. So you have all of these ideals and I think your mission is very clear, but I don't, where did this come from for you? Do you think that you, this was all forged on your own? And I only ask this because your parents are immigrants of, a gay son, which we know as a community has widely been unaccepted. And so for you to have these ideals of like pushing your message forward and really kind of, you know, sustaining this ideal of, you know, equality and equity and fairness and anti-racism and all of these things, did they come just from like your experiences or did you have your parental support in all of this? Or is this something that you just kind of did on your own? Um, my parents never understood because, you know, coming from, a background where my parents never say I love you. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's just uh, I mean, we hear it all the time in Asian culture. We don't hear I love you. We we're not very affectionate. And so I don't really share my emotions that much with my parents. I I do a little bit more now as an adult, mm -hmm. but growing up I didn't. So I didn't really have many people to talk to. Uh so it it was something I had to do was to talk to myself. Mm -hmm. So I write poems 
and I do things like that, which now become lyrics. <laughs> so, so your art so, was what healed you and, my and helped so you. So you found strength in yourself. Yeah, <clears throat> and also, you know, do through doing hair, yeah. you know, when I have consultation with my clients, and I saw how many clients who are insecure, mm -hmm. they talk about, you know, why they're changing their hair and also how they feel about themselves. And a lot of them, you know, they're all different ethnic backgrounds, you know, uh, Latina, Asian, you mm -hmm. name it. Um, and I get to see so many perspectives of how many people are insecure. And we have conversation about race all the time. Mm -hmm. And again, I wasn't always perfect. I grew up at a time where there's times when I, you know, wasn't sure of myself. I wasn't of always course. this sure. Sure. You know, I, I deny, rejected myself too when yeah. I was growing up. I think a lot of Asian people have this, I think maybe a lot of people of black people, indigenous people, people of color, like in your journey to find your identity, a lot of times that comes out in like, well, if I can't beat them, join them. And joining them means that I also have to succumb to the stereotypes or I have mm -hmm. to also join in, in the poking fun and I have to do the the minstrel show and yeah. do the caricature of who you mm -hmm. think I am because I just, if nothing more, want to lay low, let alone have aspirations of actually fitting in. Mm -hmm. I just want to be under the radar for a fucking second, yeah. you know, and just like not. So if that means that I have to do and make fun of my mom's accent, so be it. I'll do it because I, I don't know what else to do at this point because yeah. obviously fighting it just, it's exhausting. Well, there's a lot of uh, pick me's, you know, you heard of that. Oh, sure. A lot of uh, Asian yeah, we Americans. We a lot of them. Yeah, we yeah. sure do. <laughs> they become pick me's because they want to be accepted. So they go like, they'll, they'll do things right. almost like, and they'll Obedience. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll shut up. Oh, or, or, or they'll try to act less of themselves and pander. So yeah. they'll pander sure. towards that, you know. Out of like desperation. Yeah. Desperation to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And that's where, that's why we never get taken seriously when we speak up about racism. Right. And every time we do try to talk about these things, they, you know, they get uncomfortable. You know, they feel uncomfortable. And that's why it's like, for me, I have conversations from everything from the word oriental that mm -hmm. is uh, bothersome. We had a whole thing. You guys had a whole thing about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, Kai was the reason why I found out about that video. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then also the word exotic. Oh. A lot of people think oh. it's a compliment. But the reason why the word hurt us a lot is because the word exotic in the dictionary means from a foreign country. Right. right. It means you're unusual. And Oof. some a lot of people who are not Asian think it's a compliment because they don't right. want to be basic. Right. So they think the word exotic means I'm not basic, yep. I'm exotic. Oh, that was like no, the no. word the word exotic is harmful. Yeah. Before with us because guess what happens? They say go back to China whenever right. you know you for any situation. Right. It's a very we, short leap. It's they can never picture leap. us to be like leading the country. Right. right. We, we're never America. They never yeah. see us as American. We're never, either. right, because we're exotic, right? We're not ever from here. We're from somewhere else. We've been transplanted like a yeah. fucking parrot yeah. or <laughs> some kind of exotic plant, yeah. like, you know, and so we're not considered. And there's so many times I say it time and time again, the word exotic is not a compliment <laughs> for Asian people. And then they Unless say, but- you're a car, maybe. But, but right. you know what's interesting? That. But yeah. what's interesting is, for them, they say it's a compliment because, you know, they say, who wants to be basic? And, yeah. I, and I have to clarify, okay, for you, it might be okay, but think about your audience. Mm -hmm. Or if you're, gonna, if you're gonna go into an audience full of Asian Americans and you're not Asian, you go up there, hi, exotic people. Right. How do you think that's gonna make them feel? Because right. they have always felt foreignized and disrespected in that way. Why would you do that? Right. And so that's, that's why I said that, and also it's very sexualized, mm, the of word. Of course. Used yeah. 
I, I've never again, been called like exotic. Cars. I've never been called exotic by a man who wasn't trying to have sex with me. <laughs> okay? Like I, I very distinctly remember like Asian women, you're so exotic and I love your freckles. And he tried to touch my face. And I was like, if you move your finger one inch closer to my face, I'm going to fucking break your whole fucking hand. <laughs> it's not it a was so gross. I was like this, do you, why are you calling me exotic and trying to touch my face? Like get your fucking gross hand out of my, get away from me. Well, that's why I, I always want want to have these conversations with people because some people don't know. So I yeah. do my best to educate them, but it's up to them to want sure. to take action yeah. and move forward. But I'm telling you the majority of them don't want to. Yeah. So I, they said, but it's a good word. It's not a bad word. So this is what I say. Okay. What about the word privilege? You don't like that word, do you? Right. You right. don't like that, but that word is not a bad word. That's no. making you feel it some type of way, doesn't yeah. it? Guess what? We all want privilege, but right. why are you so offended by it? Why right. are you so sensitive to it, huh? Right. But it's a trigger word mm -hmm. because right. it means like they don't work hard enough, you right. know? Right. And so right. I was like, well, that's a great example. It silenced them usually. It's a great and example. also mm -hmm. another word is like the word bitch, right? Okay, would you call your mom a bitch? Would you call, you Some know? Some people do, I think. Uh, right. Yeah. But, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, not us Asian people. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Not if you want to get beat but, at the but, age but, of But 30. now people say, but the word bitch is empowering. Like, hey, bitch, you know? And it's like, yeah, but you know your Context audience. is very it, it's, important. It, it's your, the context. Right, Thank like you. if I'm sitting with my, I think, I can't remember, It was an, I think it was an author or maybe like a, it was somebody, he was saying, he was a black man, and he's like, my wife and her friends call each other bitches all the time, mm -hmm. but I don't because that, the context is Different, important. Right. He doesn't walk into a room full of his wife's friends and go, what's up, bitches? Like, yeah. this? it doesn't go over the same. It, it's not the same. Different context, different audience, and the same thing with the word exotic. If I'm yes. talking about this exotic bird, Right. Or exotic plant. Right. Exo whatever. Fine. It's different. Right. If you want to say you are and you are not Asian, okay, whatever. That's on you. But don't go around calling me exotic, calling Asian women exotic. Right. I don't even call food exotic because it's not, ex it's, it might be exotic it's to me, normal. but not to the millions and millions yeah. of people who eat this food. Every like day. it's not exotic to them. Mm -hmm. So like taking the stigma of like, it's exotic means it's so different and foreign. It's like, no, <laughs> these people have this for breakfast yeah. every day. Like it's not Just that different. Just because you're uncultured doesn't right. mean you have to stigmatize them. Stigmatize yourself. Be right. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I need more learning. A, yeah, right. yeah. But, but, but you know what hurts even more? Okay. I'll give you an example. They said, but my other friend is Asian they and she doesn't it. mind. I was like, well, it, she's probably not educated. Yeah. She probably yeah. is a pick me. She's a bitch. Or, <laughs> or maybe she's having totally different conversations when you white people aren't yeah. around. Right. Well, the, the thing is your friend is probably a pick me too. And they right. don't realize Definitely. it. Just because someone else is Asian and they're not offended, doesn't mean it's not offensive. Or, or it's possible that they haven't even arrived at the pick me status. It's like, they just are so, uncomfortable with being uncomfortable that they've just become complacent and mm -hmm. they're just like okay well argue. whatever you say is fine because if i rock the boat it makes me uncomfortable it makes yeah. you uncomfortable and i'd rather just not deal with that because i don't know what to do with those feelings and emotions versus being like i'm okay being uncomfortable with you and i'm going to take you down this road with me because i want you to kind of arrive at the same place as me and why this affects me the way that it does those conversations are yeah. uncomfortable as mm -hmm. hell it's hard to be like I, I just had to tell one of my friends of 40 years, 
I need you to understand that when I talk about representation in media and you say, what's the big deal? Any actor should be able to play whatever role because you know they're actors, that's their job. You are not understanding why it's so important to me. And I'm gonna sit with you and make you really uncomfortable and tell you all the things that I've gone through with you, around you, around our group of friends that have made me feel so strongly about the things that I'm talking to you about now. And it was very uncomfortable and he got very upset. I got very upset. It was the first fight we'd ever really had in 40 years, but I was like, you need to sit in this discomfort with me because I need you to experience for one second what that feels like. And for you, because you've never experienced it, you have no idea. So for you to try to involve yourself and give me advice on how to deal with it is really fucking condescending. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to then to not acknowledge it, like, right. I don't know if you understand, that's like so important. It's grounds for like dissolving a friendship. Absolutely, and I, I was ready. I have. You know what I mean? Like I've dissolved friendships that I thought were like my best friends from like college and stuff because they were just like, there was just like some not understanding and it wasn't necessarily directly tied to race, but it was like the undertones of the racial hierarchy that came through. You know what I mean? And when I try to tell them, they didn't quite understand. And I was like, I think I need to step away from this for my own mental health. And also your unwillingness to try to understand, Mm -hmm. it really, tells me a lot about how you see me as a person and the respect or lack of respect that you actually have for me. And that, that I I know what I need to know. Because I know it may not seem like to you, but I am in a fight or flight situation right now. And it would be the same thing as if like, we were getting harassed and like, people were picking on one of your friends, it's like, would you stand there and let it happen? Right. Because it's it's the same situation to me. I'm in a fight for my life here, for my right. identity. And yeah. you know what I mean? And I think a lot of times, a lot of the pick me's in their focus to try to save themselves and survive, I think they forget that. And it sucks for all of us who are in marginalized communities, yeah. but we're, it's more than just us all the time. Right. We're always representing our communities right all the time right. so when you are, whether you want to or not yeah it's just a matter of fact i mean look at what's happening with basketball and that black and white those two yeah, female right. you know basketball players caitlin like clark and angel and angel so, yes yeah. caitlin and angel like the angel is clearly and she says it she's like this is more than just me because it's that's just how it is when you're coming from a marginalized community right. and when you're so focused on your survival you oftentimes forget about how your actions, your words are affecting the people yeah. who are in your community or around you. And sometimes people don't want to listen to this because they feel like, oh, it makes it's them uncomfortable. So it's negative. too much, it's too negative. But it's like, but you're you're living in a fake world. You like to pretend that there's no right. problems. Yeah. But right. there is problems. And you should get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. And you should get comfortable with talking about uncomfortable things. How do you navigate reality? Right. How, how do, do you grow right. without being but, uncomfortable? That's like saying like if you got an injury, just oh it's fine. Uh, no, it's not fine. Yeah, I, yeah. there's yeah. there's blood all over my birthday cake. It's not fine. <laughs> yeah. It's not fine. But they, they don't want to hear the problem. And sometimes that's when you start to you know friends will just dwindle away. Of course, like they would just fall off because those people are only what's it called farewell. Fair, fair weather. weather, yeah, mm-hmm. fair weather friends. Like they're only there during the good times. Right. Oh, I've never heard of that. But, but then there are oh, also yeah. the opposite. There are friends who are only there during the bad times and that's not good either. No, Do you I know why? Those. Yeah. Those people who are around you during the bad times it's because they wanna hear how miserable you are mm-hmm. because it makes them feel better about themselves. Right. So you gotta have a very fine balance <sighs> of not just the ones you just party with and be like, oh, happy times. Everything's great all the time. No, and I was like, you know, life is not long enough. So that's the truth. Yeah, so when we do have time, I want to spend that time 
you know, meaningfully, meaningfully, meaningfully yeah. with, with intention, with intention. Yes. That makes me feel good. Feel like I'm it, that's purposeful, which is why we're best friends now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, why would you want to be best friends with someone who's like, oh, there's something wrong. You're like, the car is literally doing this. We <laughs> yeah. clearly have yeah. a flat tire. Right. Why would you not want to stop right. to fix it? If you're willing to deny this, what won't you deny? Yeah. Like, that's uh -huh. crazy to me. But you know what they'll do? They'll leave you. They'll be like, okay, well, good luck your tire. I'm taking an Uber somewhere. You know, they'll yeah, leave you. Right. Obey right. you. And you're that's like, where the this problem is. This is your car <laughs> and you're my ride. And right. you're taking the keys. What is happening? <laughs> Sometimes they don't want to be there to help you you know no. fix a flat tire no they no. just want to be there for the fun times and, and those kinds of friends i'm so easy to be like okay cool i'm in a fight or flight like you said for my identity i choose flight because <laughs> yeah. i don't want to fight with you because you're not willing to listen so bye yeah. <laughs> here i go i'm fucking out i can't because this is not a good time no this me. is a terrible time <laughs> no. you it, suck i don't know if you <laughs> notice this but like on my page every so often i like to post about asian food Yes. So I'll post about, Same. you know, different Vietnamese food, Korean food, all types of Asian food. It's because there's so much uh, a xenophobia yeah, you know, yeah. towards our food. They think we eat dogs and cats and all these things. They think we started COVID. They think we eat bats and, and bugs. And I don't know what it is, but growing up, they always make fun of our food. Oh, yeah. And so, but then they, they romanticize all types of other foods. Oh, for sure. But our food are so disgusting. I was like, no, I'm going to show off our food. Yeah. And I'm just going to eat it like this. <laughs> mm. <laughs> It's chocolate so sauce good. again yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah i want them to know what they're missing out that's on right as they're eating their lunchables right no you totally know, well eat I, your lunchables. I talk about food all the time it is a very straight line to me there's something very personal and intimate about food like you literally eat it you put it in your body it, it on a you. cellular level becomes part yeah. of who you are mm -hmm. literally rebuilding your body as you go it is a very important and vital thing so that's why i talk about it because i feel like it's something that people can kind of commonly understand that that's something that we all need. But I think, like you were saying, it's the same thing, the food, the accents, the way we look, it's all the things that they can do to distance themselves from us and keep us less, you know, less human than they mm -hmm. want us to be. Because that makes it easier for them to, to not care then, you know? And yeah. I think that's very much the reason people do that. And so, you know, when I hear like, oh, the dog cat conversation, it, it's like, I get it. You don't wanna see me as a human being. Fine, but you know what? I'm gonna go to Hot Pot and eat the most fucking delicious dinner of my life while you, again, eat your fucking bagel. Fuck off. And you know what they- I love bagels. Not that I don't love bagels. No one talks about bagels. like the deer hunting. No one talks about the alligator eating Oh here. my God, I went to, <laughs> sorry. I went to college with this white kid from Maryland who ran over a deer, put it in his fucking car <laughs> and brought it back home. That's, it's sustainable, yes. I get all of that, but like- That's a lot. Were you with him? Actually, I don't. Eat, actually, now that I think about it, I don't think he even hit it. I think he saw roadkill on the side no, of the road and brought it back. Suck. And then he like made jerky and like steaks but out of it. And I was like, the, "Here's the thing: there are countries that eat. I think it's Italians, maybe the Spanish. I don't know. Eat cheese that have Moldy. live yeah, maggots. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, mm -hmm. maggots yeah, yeah. in them. Yeah. Fish it's that has French. been soaked in lye. You know, like all kinds of really. I won't say gross." Things that are unusual, but you're Wait, right. How about this one? How about um, fast food places? They literally bleach <laughs> their meats with ammonia. You're literally eating bleached meat Delicious. on a regular day. <laughs> right, like, exactly. Well, it, it, but our food's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's something uh, yeah. against us, and I don't, I don't understand it. I think it has a lot to do with what you said before. It has to. It and 
it's always about them. It's right, rarely right, ever right. about us. Like yeah. I had a white friend who one time he had yellow fever for sure. I used the term friend loosely. We were work friends, but he told me multiple times. He was like, man, you're so lucky. And this was going through a time when like I hated my identity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, I thought he was fucking with me, but he always was like, he's like, it sucks being white. We're just like so lame. You know what I mean? And sometimes I wonder if between the fetishizing or even the way they put us down, it's because they just feel so maybe like they fetishize exoticism because they feel so yeah. blah. Cool. They want to, Plain. They, they, right. there's, there's, um, I mean, especially all the trends that's going on right yeah. now. You see like the fox eyes. Fox eye, lip injections, lip injections. The butt implants, <laughs> all also, of that. Also the wannabe Asian, the wannabe black, wannabe Latinos. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what we're yeah. talking right. about. But, yeah. then, but then they don't say that. But right. then the features. Look at the Kardashians. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? They've done everything to not look like the Kardashians in every possible way. Like when I see a picture of Ariana Grande and I'm like, is that what? Why is that Japanese girl saying <laughs> Ariana Grande? Like what's going on? Like it's so funny. And, and that's that's the whole thing about appropriation. You will just take the bits and pieces that you like and then just throw the rest in the trash and like not care about any of it. You know, like when you see Kim Kardashian with cornrows, it's like, the fuck are you doing? Like there are literally black women who cannot get jobs because of their hair and you wanna just exploit it for your own benefit? Like that's so that's layer Gross one. Layer me. two is like, you have black children. Right, like you. what message are you sending them yeah. now? You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to like talk about no. Kardashians because I'll probably <laughs> have an aneurysm. But, yes. but that's the thing is like, you'll, you'll take what you want. You know, and even with food now, right? Certain foods, Asian foods, it's like someone, some foods from Asia are okay. And then some still are not. And, but they're also kind of dog. It's like, mm. We can't win. We can't win yeah. this one. And, and the thing is, like, some people do make mistakes about them owning it. Like, if they right. if they don't have the knowledge, if they don't know, I think it's taking that that step of saying, you know, I messed up. Right. I'm not perfect. I'm learning, and I did accountability. I didn't realize. Yes, accountability. They, you know, to own up to and have responsibility to say I messed up is very important. I it's, say this all the time. Is like, it's okay to not know what you don't know. Yeah. But it's what you do with the information once you do know mm -hmm. that makes all the difference. Yep. Like I have told countless people, this is why when you say you go to a certain restaurant, you think you're eating dog. This is why A Ugh. to B to see all of the reasons, I will list you the reasons why these are harmful. And if you take that information, you say, well, I still don't care. Well, okay, well then fine. You're a fucking asshole, end of story. But if you take that information, you say, I didn't consider these things, I will take this information and I will try to digest it and understand what it is you're trying to tell me and do better from there. That's all I want. I don't want anything else. That's it. Yeah. It's you know, so simple. I, I remember this very racist moment that um, when the, I was um, in Kansas for work, this was back in like 2007. Kansas. I know, right? So I was working <laughs> for another hair company at that time and I was riding around with our sales rep and she, uh, said, what do you want for lunch? You know, in between work, you know, we'll go grab some for lunch. And I said, well, I want Chinese. And he's like, oh God. And she had this disgust, this, this disgusted look on her face. She goes Here like, comes. and then she started naming all these like Chinese restaurants that she claims that they killed dogs in the back. Oh yeah, she knows about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I go like, what? And so I, I was offended, but I said, like, how do I tell this lady? Because my parents own a restaurant. Mm. So I was like, my parents don't do that. We don't eat, we have, actual pets that we right. love. But you know what was crazy? Is that that neighborhood that I lived in with all my pets, they, they, 
they spread rumors that we're raising our dogs to eat them. Oh yeah. There's like all these rumors and it's so normalized and everyone thinks it's funny. Ha 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 ha. It's not funny. It's not funny. Oh my God. It's just a joke is the it's, most annoying there thing There have ever. been Asian restaurants that have been closed down because of rumors. Like because people started rumors, people stopped going there and they had to shut their doors. It's like your funny jokes, your little rumors are actually affecting people's lives. It's not a fucking joke. This family has now lost their income because you started a rumor that they serve dogs. And now what? And now they have no you're income. Not even being, you're not even being an original no. because that, that rumor started in the 1800s during the gold rush in San Francisco because right. they banned Chinese people from not only being able to enter the country, but from being able to work in the gold mines. So the only way they were able to sustain themselves was by opening Chinese restaurants. And that's how Chinese American food was born. But then they then got jealous that they were being profitable with that. So then they started spreading rumors that these Chinese restaurants were like killing dogs and cats. So yeah. like, not only is it not a joke, but you're not even original, but right. two, there is a shit ton of history where that came from and all you're doing is just expressing how fucking ignorant and uneducated yeah. you are. I love how you said Chinese American food because a lot of people dismiss like Chinese American food that's not authentic. That's it's like, well, it's authentic to us. Yes. We, we grew up here as Asian Americans. Right. This is the kind of Asian food we grew up in our restaurant. This mm -hmm. is how we survive. Yes. This is how we make a living. It might not be the same type of food from China, but no. this is a food that we had growing up here because I, these these are you know the the vegetation we have yeah. these are the type of you know the resources the resources right, and the course. palettes that we alter to fit your palette you know what i mean so not only is it just like a means of survival but it's like history that we were able to adapt right. and thrive and that clearly mm -hmm. bothers you right mm -hmm. because and that and people would take that away and say like that's not authentic i was like there are two different things you know don't make us feel invisible here. This is our identity that we grew up, and I'm proud of it because I grew up eating sweet and sour chicken and Delicious. orange chicken. Yes. I love but it. But so also you, you have people, <laughs> you, you know what I mean. Of course. And that's why I, I don't want to dismiss that and call it fake Chinese food. No, no. It's, it's, no. it's our experience. It's real Chinese because I'm Chinese. Well, you. Yeah. I'm Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's Chinese food because it's food and I made it and I'm Chinese. So there you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. It. Right. And I think, I think that's something that a lot of people don't focus on much is like the positive things that we've done as a collective and a diaspora in the United States, particularly, I mean, to take these, the things that we've had to endure mm. and still be able to come out of it and create and imagine and, you know, make these beautiful things and the fabric of all of our cultures woven together, you know, Korean American culture right now, I think is, is I'm so proud to be part of it. You know, Asian American culture in general, I'm so proud to be part of it because I think we're finally starting to see the rise of people like us and the, the, you know, television and YouTube sensations of, of, you know, our people. And to see that I think is so encouraging. And I think that's what, I think I could probably say as a collective, we all aspire towards is to like, look at the next generation of like Gen Z coming up now and seeing them really like fend for themselves and take these stands that we were afraid to take. I like to believe that because of people like us, we're starting to kind of like forge that path for them and make the path easier for them. And I think with those two things connected, like us forging this path and them having the desire and the bravery and the courage to do it, 
I feel like we are in for something really spectacular yeah. in the very near future. I think with, I look forward to that. With social media, yeah. like it, it opened doors for like, you know, K-pop and, and K-drama. Uh, and in the past, if we went the traditional media route, it was so controlled. And so slow. It was controlled by, you know, what the narrative is. But the numbers don't lie when everyone wants to watch BTS and Blackpink and, and, and they want to see something different that they're used to, or, or they saw the beauty and Asian men and right. people want to see more Asian pop stars. Right. And, and then it, it, and learn to speak Asian languages, like mm -hmm. watching like these like 14, 15 year old girls and men, boys, whatever, all speaking Korean better than me. I'm like, yeah, this feels because they're proud. Because we grew up, you know, questioning ourselves. And, right. and that's why, like, if we didn't have social media, none of us would have been here, I wouldn't have met you, right. you know, on TikTok. Totally. Uh, I wouldn't be making music. No. Uh, I wouldn't be on YouTube. Social media give us a platform to connect with people like us. And in the past, the traditional media wasn't like that. We were stereotyped with like the nerdy Asian guy. Right. I could have maybe aspired to be a newscaster, maybe. And that was probably uh, where the line sure. was gonna be drawn. Yeah. And that was that, yeah. you know, if I wanted to be in media. So you're absolutely right. I think this has given us a lot of through lines to, to, to reach people. And the thing with a lot of companies is a lot of times they have this check mark, you know, like, oh, you know, June is Pride Month or, or this is Asian, you know, month or whatever. It's really important that you don't just do it within that month. You yeah. have to keep it consistent through your life your entire mm -hmm. life, you have to live it, breathe it, stand up for the, the LGBT community, stand up for the Asian community, people of color. Don't just talk about it during the celebratory month, but right. always celebrate people. And and even though we, we we speak up a lot about like being ostracized and minimized by, you know, non-people of color, you know, with my friends who are white or black or, or Latina, I always, you know, have an exercise conversation like if I, if they say something that I find offensive, I'll say, let's talk about it. This mm -hmm. is why And this, I want them to hear me out, but sometimes mm -hmm. they don't and I'll remind them. And sometimes every time I remind them, it bothers them like, oh, here he goes again. Right. It's like, but I want to give them that chance. Like, okay, maybe this is a better opportunity. I'll say it again. Right. Uh, right. And you know, whether they think I'm being annoying or not. Oh, well, they, they need, be annoyed. It's so so, more about them. Yeah. 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 And, and that's why this is important because they see all three of us together talking right. about something right. and it's not just me, it's right. a lot of us. Yeah, and there's, there's so many more of us than we think. And I think that there are so many young, well, I don't even say young, there are so many Asian Americans that I've come into contact with because of social media that I'm like, so I'm not alone. So I'm not the only person feeling this. I'm not mm -hmm. the only one who's dropped a lot of dead weight in my you know, personal relationships. I'm not the only one that has been a victim of X, Y, and Z. I'm not the only one that has had issues with my parents. I'm not the only one. So the list is long, but the group is growing. And I think that is so encouraging to me. I mean, like having, if I had never met Ed, honestly, like so many of these conversations for me, I probably would have just rattled around in my head for a second and then be like, ah, it's too much. I don't wanna think about it anymore. And now having Ed in my life, I've been able to like really tap into so many deeper things. And I think it's like a concentric circle, right? You drop the stone and you get all this concentric, because of our conversations, other people are having conversations. Those people are bringing conversations to other people. And it's like, I just see this growing. And I think it's so, I don't know, it, it, it makes me so hopeful. And that's not, <laughs> it's honestly not a feeling I'm that familiar yeah. with a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, feeling hopeful is a really, unfortunately rare feeling for me and I do feel it now. And that, that's why when I first met you and saw you, it was important for me to tell you, I watch your content, I watch your videos, they're thank impactful you. and I thank you for it because you need to know that you impact 
so many people like myself and 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 so many other people imagine that thank you and I appreciate and i'm so that. that's why i'm so happy to be here and that you invited me on your show it, yeah, we're really happy to have you, you actually have we're the ones that have been giddy this whole time i know <laughs> i was like oh my god is it a come but no i mean these these relationships i think that we're all making and these pathways to each other i think is so vital and so important and it makes you feel and I, i'm sure guy that there is a young gay asian kid somewhere in oklahoma that's like wow look at that guy yeah. little guy <laughs> look yeah. at him he's he's everything i aspire to be he really understands himself he's so in touch with who he is and he wants to prove that that he can be all the things he wants to be and I can, I think I can do that, or at least I can try, or at least when I feel self doubt, or I feel like there, there are, you know, too many powers working against me, I'm going to take that pain and turn it into my power. And that is, wow, how amazing. Yeah. Like we're so lucky, <laughs> so lucky to have you. Thank the, you. The ability to build community nowadays is like so insanely positive. You know what I mean? And I think that's partially what the government is afraid of sometimes. Of course. The fact that like they can't control us because like, even myself living, when I used to live back in Philadelphia, whenever I used to have, try to have conversations about race or anything that's inappropriate or racist, a lot of my white friends always used to default to, but you're the whitest guy I know. But, oh. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> I literally used to get gaslit all the time by making it feel like I was being overly sensitive. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I moved back to Los Angeles that I was speaking with people of color at my job, last job, where I told them that story and literally every single one of them were blown away. They were like, that's yes. the most racist thing oh, I've ever racist. heard. And I was like, oh my God, it is, right? Because <laughs> right. I literally was thinking yeah. that I was being oversensitive right. and that something was yeah. wrong with me. Sometimes you need the validation. Well, yeah. You know, sometimes people confuse colorism and racism. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, like with Asians, there's some that are light skinned and mm -hmm. some that are darker skinned and there, there's different shades. And people think when you're light, then all of a sudden you're- You don't have any problems. Then you don't have any problem. I was like, I, I get that I'm lighter, but I'm still Asian, right? You know, right. and they 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 they're confused, and then yes. all of a sudden they get they put you like, oh, you're white. You're white. I said, I'm not. I've never felt that. way. I've never like, walked into a room and had somebody mistake me for a white person. <laughs> no, Other than when once. they asked me if I'm why I'm so tall, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. That, that, right. that's that, that's strange to me. Like because <laughs> there's tall and short in every race. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> So ignorant. <laughs> so ignorant. You know, and, and even with body parts, like our gen, our, our, our genitals. Like Asians having, Asian women having sideways vaginas. Oh God, <laughs> that doesn't even make any what sense. What does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> I've heard that Asian women have sideways vaginas. I'm like, well then don't you think Asian toilets would be different? <laughs> like, I yeah. know, Do like, you what? have a round vagina? <laughs> I don't understand what that means. Is it like a left means. to right thing? Or like, what, what do you mean? Like, what does that even mean? But. Is your vagina boring and tasteless? <laughs> what does that mean? It's, it's so strange, you know, know. there's so many. And, and that's why I, you know, I proudly just pull out pictures of naked Asian men with big penises and show my <laughs> friends. I, you know, when, if, whenever they bring that up, I say, here, in fact, here's mine, you know? Uh, you know. <laughs> it it started when I was 16 and this book ended up in my yeah. locker. <laughs> it's, yes, exactly. <laughs> You know, and, and that's the thing, it's just so silly because like how many people, I mean, how many dicks have you sucked <laughs> to, to, to say that? You know, how, it doesn't make any sense. Like, 
That's a really good point, Guy. <laughs> you know? I think we should have people just have cards that say, you know, funny. What's your frame of reference? Yeah. An updated study came out recently. I don't know all the numbers because, again, apparently I'm, I'm just prepared. not prepared. But, Wait, um, <laughs> but there's a yeah. button. Crickets. <laughs> but, <laughs> but a new study did come out. Um, I think. Some Asian countries were updated as having some of the largest, largest and most growth over the last decade or so. And I think ah. it was like Thai, maybe even Vietnamese. You know what well, I mean? So it was just like at one point in my swinging. life, I was I was very <laughs> literally I a slutty moment in my life. Like I used to, <laughs> same. Yeah. So during my been slut there. face era, you know, I've been around. An, it it your ends. Whole face. <laughs> it ends at some point. And, and yes, there's I've I've encountered many large Asian men and I loved it and I had yeah. a great time and the one that I remember he's a Vietnamese guy in Long Beach he had a nine inch penis Damn. and he even Drop offered me he even offered me sticky rice afterwards <laughs> <laughs> he sounds you, like you, a gentleman yeah you know the one that was wrapped in the, the tea leaf is so good Damn. yeah what's his name he so <laughs> I, want well, well, I don't know his I don't remember his Cook name me, I just remember his screen name and his screen name was big Asian cock <laughs> It was, it was that simple. I thought it was going to be nine yeah. inch, but not that it was going to be nine mm. inch banana leaf. Uh, yeah, so, so I go like, okay, I'm coming over. And I <laughs> came over and there it was. It was, and you know what? And he wasn't like very tall. So this goes back to your height doesn't measure your, your foot size, your, your hand listen. He was a shorter guy, but he has this nine inch dong. And, and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and, 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 and what a good day. What a, what a great for me, day. For the community, for, for the community. <laughs> you know, I encourage him. I, you should post more of your pictures on, you know, on, on everywhere. Everywhere. Let people know. Anywhere. Be a model. Show this off, you know. Attach your face so they know you're Asian too. <laughs> yeah. You know, but but seriously, I, I, I've encountered many and I was, I'm proud of it to say it. And I don't talk about this on, you know, my own platform. So I'm glad that we're I, glad we gave you the space and, yeah. and we're glad yeah. you're comfortable enough because this is amazing. <laughs> oh, I got the safe space. Uh Oh, okay. It's going to happen. <laughs> Two second break. Two second break. Let's recover from the nine inch dong. We're going to take longer than two seconds. <laughs> Look. You know, in the past, we used to shame people. Shame, of course. People slut shame people, and they, they sex shame people, and I'm tired of shaming people. No way. Let people, you're racist. Let people be people. Let people have a story. Yeah, racists get shamed, but everybody else do your fucking thing. Y y exactly. Yeah. Like, you weren't allowed and to talk Trump. about these things at work. Yeah. You're not allowed to talk about, you know, because it's, it's too sensitive topic. No, if someone says something racist to me, I should call it Fuck out. Yeah. But for some reason, it turns into a whole thing if you, you you say it out loud. Right. And you know, the thing about the sexuality conversations though, for me as an Asian woman, I do have to like be really cognizant of how I'm speaking about it. Not like among my friends or like whatever, but like publicly, because as an Asian woman, we have this stigma of being overly sexualized, geisha, Vietnamese, me love you long time prostitute. So like when I talk about sexuality, even if I say the word sex, people will say the craziest most disgusting, misogynistic, racist shit to me. Like, oh, you know, you want to suck the white man's dick or whatever. And I'm like, um, all I said was sex. I didn't say anything about sucking dicks. I didn't say anything about a white dick. I said nothing. But I see where your head was at. Right, yeah. right, exactly. And it's like, so I have to be so, high, like, unfortunately, 
unfortunately to a fault, because I love talking about sex. I love talking about sexuality. I love talking about sexual exploration. I love talking about it. I think it's such a human thing. But when I talk about it, it's like, oh, you know, mm. you're a whore. Because there's, there's a stigma. There's a stigma. And I'm like, I obviously have had sex. I have children. Like, <laughs> yeah. can I? But I can't talk about it. You know, it's, it's it's so frustrating. Or like, immediately the conversation goes to massage parlors or like whatever. Oh. And I'm like, dude, I, I've been to Brooke Williams a couple handful of times. <laughs> like, that's the best I got. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know what to tell you. And it's like they want they want so badly for us to fit into this fucking stereotype, and they're so harmful. And it's like yeah. I can't even talk about sexuality as a woman, uh, you know, that other women look up to because because I can't have the conversation because I am what you think I you think I am. You know what I mean? It's it's so frustrating. like a harmful stereotype. Of course. Oh my god. You know? And some people think it's a compliment that you're desired or wanted, but it comes uh, yeah. But it comes with all these things yeah. that you're It's not a compliment to feel like people think that I'm purely a just thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, an object. A sex toy. Yeah, exactly. I mean I my friend reached out to me today and stated she lives in the Hollywood Hills. Mm-hmm. She stated that one of her neighbors who's actually um, gay, he's he's gay and German, but he's throwing a birthday party. No, I don't want to know. That's geisha theme. No, no. Yeah, and she was like, "I just need to really vent about it to somebody." I was she's like, not going. Is she, was she invited? No, no. She's. She was like, "I was like, I'm assuming you found out because you got an invitation." She's like, "Yeah." She's like, "I really want to go to tell him off," but she's like, "I'm not." She's like, "Cause I can't." Have her send me the invitation and I'll do it. I don't think it. I I I, I tried to. I was like, there isn't like an invite right now. She's like, no, he just invited me. Like I think it was like a verbal invite. In the year 2023, we're having geisha birthday parties. Is that? Are I, you fucking serious? I mean, like, I mean, like, insert geisha with any other protected marginalized classes character figure problematic. Just like remove <sighs> the Asian part of it and like let's talk about the fact that in 2023 trying to have like a prostitutes and hose party still inappropriate but for some reason you add asian right. to it and it's like fair game right right oh god i think we and should, it's not just a joke I that's how we, we get crash the party. Do we have <laughs> like, i got your geisha right fucking here <laughs> i'm going i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go into your emails i'm gonna find you know her. that's why these conversations these conversations are important because we get to understand each other's you know different types of traumas that, that affects yeah. us, you know, mm-hmm. because there is different genders and different sexualities within our Asian community. Right. That when we discuss it, we start to understand why we have these problems to begin with. I mean, I will tell you, perspective is everything, you know, mm-hmm. and having, you know, Ed as my podcast partner and hearing the perspectives that he gives as from so many different parts of his life, being, you know, an only child, being the child of a single mother, being, you know, a man, like all of these perspectives, they're so different to me. And I'm like, it's so insightful to be like, to see it from somebody else's viewpoint really does give you an understanding that you wouldn't otherwise have. But so again, to your point, like, yes, these conversations are imperative, imperative that people be like, I think it's really important for women to, hear my stories about not being able to talk about my own sexuality because of those reasons and be like, I never would have thought about that. That's not, not a perspective I ever have ever even considered that has ever even entered the, the sphere of my consciousness. Yeah. It's so important and, and vice versa. Hearing the perspective of gay men, of black women, of Hasidic Jews, like all of the n- indigenous people, people that disabled community, all of these communities that I've become 
you know, aware, not that I wasn't aware of them, but that I've become, <laughs> that I've, you know, started to really listen to, I'm like, I've never even thought about that. That, that mm. doesn't ever even occur to me that you have to live in the reality of X, Y, and Z is so eye-opening and I will now be more aware of it and more conscious of it and therefore hopefully more empathetic and sensitive to it in the future going forward, whatever that may be. And I think that's the only way, it's the only way humanity can survive yeah. from where I sit. I've heard people say they were, they, they, they wish we could go backwards or something because they think that- Oh, make America great again? Yeah. They th <laughs> well, because a lot of people think that people are too sensitive. I was like, no, people have always- We've always been fucking sensitive. Yeah. yeah. It's just that no one was listening. Right. Yeah. And, and then we didn't have the proper we platform. We didn't have a safe space to say it. Yeah. And now we do. And also, what is wrong with being sensitive? What is wrong with being woke? What is wrong with being a social justice warrior? What is wrong with being somebody who has a heightened sense yeah. of awareness? There's Some nothing people, wrong pe with people that. People just want to be great. asleep. That's why they, right. they don't want to wake up. Well, that's the crazy part is, is that like, I'm like, do you, did you think this through before you started to try to use it as a, some sort of slight? Insult. Because like, if you're not woke, what are you, de dead? Unconscious? So you're well, cool with being comatose? dead? Because somehow the word woke became a bad word for people. Yeah. And it's actually a good word. Right. It's about, you know, understanding different communities. Having awareness. Yes. Like, why would you not Standing want Standing up that? for justice. Right. And also more importantly, why do you think that's insulting to me? It's like, thank you. Yeah. You think I, I have a heightened sense of awareness? You, that is you a compliment. Have to, you have to be somewhat intellectual to learn these things or right. deduce these things. So it's like, thanks. I let information go into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and then stay there. Yeah. And, and, and people are even it. sensitive to the word activist too. Oh, yeah. yeah, because they think that, that you're causing a, a riot and you're causing right. chaos. But no, activist is, you know, you're standing up for justice. That's right. what the word means. And I, don't, I think a lot of people think that activism solely lives in like going to protests and doing, no, activism can be very quiet. It can be just having a conversation. It can just be getting in the, standing in the way of somebody doing something unjust to someone else. Yeah. However that may be, it doesn't have to just be us screaming on a picket line or, yeah. you know, I don't know, going to the, buildings of Congress or the yeah. federal building. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that. It can even be something as small as like just saying no to something in your own life. You right. know what I mean? Like standing up for yourself. St that's standing up for something. Advocating yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Yes. Or, you know, something as small as like making a video when you see something unjust happening to another community yeah. and advocating for them. That's mm -hmm. like, what's wrong with that? Like yeah. who would have objections to that? The people who want you to continue to live in ignorance. Right. That's who. And they the want you to live in silence. Right. Yeah, the people mm -hmm. who are okay with the status quo because they're benefiting from that mm -hmm. privilege. They There's can that suck word. on a nine inch banana leaf for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Choke on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, full circle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where are I, we I like how you bring it full I, circle. I, I really like a callback. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> closure. But, but, but the closure is this, is we have so much to be proud of us. Asian Americans. I think, I think you so. You know, and, and even though life can be struggling at times, there's so many things that, that are so exciting, like our, the things we bond on, right? And the experiences we have. Because imagine if you had a life that you only eat Lunchables and right. you didn't get to eat all these different, like Korean barbecues and hot pot, shabu shabu and, and dim sum. You know, like we, we get to experience such good food. We get to experience so many different cultures from our parents. Mm -hmm. And I would never take that away. No. You know, of course, growing up, we were made to be ashamed of it. But it's like, you have no idea how 
you know, this is a blessing to be able to have this experience and we turn it into purpose, which gives us power. Yeah. Right. I think you you're know? absolutely right. It's crazy that I was once bullied for eating kimchi and now people are using my grandmother's kimchi recipe. I know. Throughout that's the awesome. world, like and they're even crazy. appropriating it too in yeah, different yeah. ways. But that's yeah. a whole other conversation. Yeah. Probiotic cabbage, bitch. That is kimchi. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Fuck you. God, it pisses me off so yeah. much. I use chipotle powder, yeah. and they changed the names of like you know, like fish sauce. Those ch to like uh, what's it called? Vinaigrette, lime, lime vinaigrette, like aquatic vinaigrette. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it has to you know serve a palate to sound more you know appealing. it's also just stealing people just blatantly right. stealing things that are other people's and then pretending but then, like, like they what made does it. it also say when you're like it needs to sound more sophisticated so because it's asian it's called fish sauce the most obvious name ever it's right not sophisticated. right right yeah again there's a stigma but we'll be here for another three hours i know literally <laughs> <laughs> But like, we're, I'm, I'm again. I'm I'm so happy that we're here together. So. I think yeah. so, and I think, you know, for all of the ills that social media has brought, I will say to my life, it has brought so much more positivity. Like, yes, do I have to deal with a lot of, you know, hate speech and misogyny and all that stuff? Yes, on a daily basis, I absolutely do. And am I? Are there times where I'm like, I can't take anymore? Sure, but I think, <laughs> right. But I will say that the things that it has afforded me and the relationships that I've been able to create and cultivate and nurture far outweighs the bad, honestly. Yeah. And I think this is this is a perfect case in point is just having you in our lives now is yeah. like such a blessing. And we are, again, I cannot stress this enough, beyond honored and thrilled for you to have joined us today. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Guy. Thank you for having me. So, <laughs> but before we go, is there anything that you'd like to, I don't know, people do this on podcasts, promote, um, you know, while we're here? Oh, uh, well definitely uh, stream my music on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, iTunes, check out my product line named Identity. And your it, hair, is it hair care, like hair dye, or is it all care, like all the way around? Yeah, we have a shampoo conditioner treatments and uh, color conditioners. Mm. Uh, I have a whole hair color line, but that's yes. for licensed professionals. Okay. Um, there's a message within every collection. You know, I like love I talked that. About. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, if you yeah. watch guys, guys, Instagram at all, he is like an expert with hair and color, which is like, yeah, it's very nuanced. We so. might be turning it blonde or gray soon, so stay tuned for that. Or there's maybe. Been, blue there's, there's or been purple. Talk. Okay, maybe. Maybe. Okay, maybe. <laughs> and he's gonna get a perm. Yes, a perm. We want maybe. a perm. We'll see. Maybe in the next couple of weeks we'll see a big leave gray your comments perm. below yeah. if you want Ed to get a perm. Yes. Oh jeez. Leave your comments below. Oh, God. If, if we get up to ten comments of yes, oh my God. Of Ed getting a perm. Just ten. Ten. And he'll do it and we'll film a whole video of him at the salon getting a digital perm. Done. In K Town. Ten comments. Yeah, <laughs> only ten comments. Just ten comments. You think we get ten yeses? I think we can. Do okay, it. okay, ten yes comments below. To yeah, to add. <laughs> There's gonna be ten. You guys love it. So There's gonna be ten. He's gonna be addicted. I oh, know. God, you're gonna look so good. I, I, I wouldn't steer you wrong. I'm not doing this to just like fuck with you. I think you'd look amazing. Well, you, well, you, uh, see, this goes back to another situation. You're stereotyping perms. There you go. Yeah, see what you've done. I'm stereotyping the perm I got when I was seven. <laughs> see, you were traumatized. I was but, traumatized. But you're judging off of one perm you had. It's true. It's true. Exactly. So you since should... then, perms have evolved into so many different kinds. Yes, Ed. What did we learn today about stereotypes? 
<laughs> you can't judge off of one bad experience. It's true. There's a big nine inch out there oh, for everyone. And there's a, I'm so easily there's a good perm for you. Okay. A nine inch perm. <laughs> what am I saying? I don't even know. <laughs> I'm a people pleaser. Full circle. I love this. This has been the best day. <laughs> Susie loves watching me squirm. She literally it's, tells me every day. It's my favorite thing. And, and was it? Ah, she buy. Ah, she buy. <laughs> well, again, guy, thank you so so much for being here. Um, we cannot tell you how over the moon we are that you were here with us today, and thank we you. getting Ed to agree to get a. a Silver perm has That's been the best. Dependent on people. Oh, okay, ten <laughs> ten people comment yes. Done. Okay. Okay. Done. Um, but we really appreciate it. Thank you so so much. Thank we you. hope you join us again. I mean, well, there's gonna we have a lot of time that we'll be spending together in the future. I can feel yeah, it. Yeah, we're eating I feel so it. much food. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna sing. I'm hungry now. I know. Oh, so yeah. We're also literally. gonna go to karaoke. Karaoke. One day. Go to the hair salon. There's Chim -chim so many desserts yes. that I. We're gonna go to the spa. We're gonna do all kinds of shit. Everything. Great. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you all so much for, for watching and for liking and commenting yes on this post. <laughs> so that. But while we're here, by while we're uh, winding down, you can find Guy on his socials. On Instagram, it's Guy underscore Tang and it's Guy Tang on TikTok. And I don't really know how to do TikTok that well, so I'm asking Ed for tips. You're doing great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and Facebook you, too. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. And you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Sujio One. And you can find me on everything at Etch a Sketch with a J. And you can also find What in the Shiba at What in the Shiba. That's it. I was going to say oh, com. One more thing. Um, you still have time to submit your stories of dating, interracial dating, same-sex dating, funny stories about dating, because we still want to hear them. And you can send them to our email at what in this she at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much. We love you, and we'll see you again soon. Wait, but oh. if you are watching us on YouTube, make sure uh. you like, follow, subscribe, and ring that bell. Ding. Subscribe. <laughs> and on that note, thank you for joining us. And okay, okay bye. bye.